The Ebony's and the Ivory podcast is a bi-weekly dialogue with Dr. Dejalon Jackson-Bell and Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Through the EITI podcast, we plan to promote our mission of dispelling myths, rewriting narratives, and championing women of color in higher education. All views expressed through this podcast are our own, do not represent any entity with which we are affiliated, and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information or to set up a consultation, visit our website at www.ebonysintheivory.com. You are now tuned in to Ebony's in the Ivory. about the topics that we are going to cover um, today. I have my lovely co-host with me, Dr. Poole, Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Hey, y'all. What's up? Um, so we just thank you all for tuning in to another episode. Um, and please make sure that you subscribe to all of our social media accounts. Um, you can listen to this podcast. I'm sure you already listened on either SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. And be sure to follow and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Ebony's in the Ivory. And follow us on Twitter at Ebbs in the Ivory. Also, please be sure, if you haven't already, to check out our website, www.ebonysintheivory.com. Um, and we do have a mobile version, so it's accessible on your phone as well. So we're just going to jump right into these topics. So this week on our podcast, we are um, talking about a topic that we also referenced in last week's blog about hair in the workplace um, and sort of this idea of, you know, the conversation around hair for ethnic women is always very interesting. Um, And then we even had sort of like a preview before we even decided this would be a topic Um, During a past episode of the podcast as well, during our Culture Corner, we referenced um, a story in our home state of Louisiana where a young girl was being suspended from school for her braids. And so we figured, why not expand upon this? This is something um, Dr. Bell and I talk about all the time, just as friends. So we thought it made more sense to bring this to the Ebony's community. And so hopefully the things we talk about today will, you know, give our people listening um, something to think about but also maybe to help just raise an awareness for those who don't think about this topic so before we even jump into sort of the facts because y'all know we always come to y'all with some facts and some stories (laughs) some receipts um but i want to share like my own story of really why i decided like let's just go ahead and talk about this so um i am a black woman who has natural hair um, I've been natural now for about, I think, maybe five years. Um, Thank you, out. And I know, right? Crazy. Um, and so in my workplace settings, and we both referenced, like, our previous workplace settings versus our current workplace settings being different. 
Um, in my workplace setting now, I work with less people of color, um, especially women of color. And so, of course, you know, for us as ethnic women, like our hair is a big deal. We style it. We change it. We, you know, it's ours. It's a it's a almost like an accessory to mm-hmm. what we wear. And so um, in my workplace setting, in particular, because I spend a lot of time um, moving from like facility to facility, also a lot of time outdoors with certain teams that I work with. And so having braids or some sort of protective style is convenient also for me in the morning i just don't like doing my hair so lord help me if i ever have a daughter um so so, you know it's it's a it's a task but um i've also just loved the fact that we are able to use like protective styles or just alternative ways of styling our hair as a way to express ourselves so sometimes it's not just about protecting my natural hair it's about like i want a look that i can keep for two weeks and then change and Mm -hmm. being able to have the freedom to do that the same way that non-people of color dye their hair or you know cut it or whatever get extensions because they get extensions too um and so being able right yeah or get right right you know put your Mm. put your scarecrows up like jay-z said um but being able to um (laughs) being able to recognize that I uh, have had within the last week, so I got my hair straightened this past weekend. By the time y'all hear this, this will be like a week from now, but I went to work yesterday, showed up, and of course, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, I love your hair. I love your new look. Um, And in my mind, I'm like, I feel like I look exactly the same. Like you recognized me when I walked in the door. So even though my hair was different, you know, you still knew it was me. So at what point... Is that about like truly being a compliment? And of course, I think anybody who's listening to this may on the opposite end of that be like, well, of course it was a compliment. Well, I don't necessarily know that the way in which that is it's done, the context that it's done is always nice. And so Uh even if it is, it's always interesting that like if my hair then is in a more what's considered a more ethnic style like braids or whatever then there's never compliments of like oh i love your hair or i love your look so it it definitely has a meaning even if it's not maybe what's intended um it definitely has you know a meaning and so i love that i can kind of like shake the table a little bit by changing up looks and doing it often and you know trying to just be more of myself and we've talked about even i think in the last podcast just like your ability to be able to bring all parts of yourself to work is very important and so um that includes your hair so i'm i'm excited for us to get to talk about this obviously because i've had my own experience and this is not my first i've had people try to touch my hair all kinds of things but um we want to share maybe just some tips things that we have found that might be helpful um while also sharing our own experiences a little bit so what we often see and what we're seeing now, I should say, is a lot of like websites and articles are popping up um, because this topic is becoming popular and discuss like this idea that like women of color should consider being stylish, but professional as if saying like the way in which you do your hair is considered being like trendy when actually mm-hmm. it's how we've been wearing our hair for generations. And so, um, you know, I think that's interesting when you then start to also see like policies pop up because there have been lawsuits um, in the in recent years about, you know, discrimination around hair. And so now HR policies 
are being implemented that talk about like personal appearance guidelines. So this idea of like, you know, when you take this job, the expectation is that you present yourself like this. Well, most of those guidelines also just include things that end up being pretty generalized towards um, ethnic hairstyles. And so it's kind of difficult to then you know, say you meet the standard of what your um, employer is is enforcing when it's your natural hair. It's how it looks. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for us to talk about this a little bit and see how you all uh, respond and think of this as well. Um, there's, I think, a, a recent article. I think it came out in April of 2018 by Adele Bernie, who is a woman of color. Um, And she talks about this idea of like hair discrimination in the workplace and how it is becoming more of um, a topic. And so I guess just to kind of catch people up on where we are with this is understanding. And I think anybody listening knows that hair is super versatile. So you can choose to wear whatever type of hair you want. Literally from the day before, it can look very different the next morning. Um, And so, uh, of course, what's unfortunate is that like, some hairstyles end up sort of enforcing unwarranted attention in the workplace. So like for me, so me straightening my hair is about me going to the Beyonce concert Thursday, not about these people that I work with. I straightened it for B, not for them. So, so, you know, it's, it's just interesting that it, again, drew all of this like attention and like in a very different way that while again you want to receive as complimentary but you also recognize that those compliments don't flow as easily when you have your braids or you have your furrow or you know natural curls or whatever twist out Uh like any of those Uh styles so now again there's these policies that are singling out certain styles that are favored by racial or ethnic minority folks and so of course that ends up resulting in some form of discrimination so just so people even have a clear understanding of what discrimination is versus things like stereotyping and biases because those are like more action-based and discrimination is too but it's basically saying that it's a trait that an individual has that is different around class race gender any sort of like quantifiable characteristic um but what's i guess kind of crazy is that when anytime we start thinking about like Um, sexual discrimination that can happen but there's not really anything protective for um for hair and so Uh being able to sort of think about what this can look like you know there's not really you can't make a great legal case for it is what i'm trying to say and so companies are kind of free to write their own policies around appearance even though they can be quite um, discriminatory. So when it comes to sort of policing hairstyles in the office, a lot of companies leave it up to like the direct supervisor to interpret company policy. And so one of the things that we've talked about a lot just in our even creation of Ebony's in the Ivory is this idea of the seats that are at the table. Well, of course, if in certain settings there are not women of color in place, um, it's going to be really hard to then say, oh, I have a supervisor who totally understands that like me wearing my fro to work is not me having my hair be untamed or unhomed. Um, But you have to have those people there to understand that. And so obviously a lot of times when maybe discussing it, if a supervisor does have an issue with your hair, they, you know, basically um, will use loose language and kind of be very vague and you know, use words like just wear your hair neat, um, avoid extreme hairstyles, which I don't even know Mm -hmm. what that means, but like, how do you decide what's an extreme hairstyle? Um, and so 
of course, like if a company maybe has a more of a public image when we think about um, like big companies, um, particularly for like branding and things like that, then you actually uh-huh. may see a company ban things like braids and dreads and brightly colored hair and, and mohawks and whatever, um, which again are a part of self-expression in a lot of ways. Right. And, and I think that you start stepping on some toes a little bit. So um, on the other end of that, like how do you sort of like avoid that and really you know, pay attention to what's out there a little bit right now is being able to recognize that like, in most cases, the styles that we wear as people of color are by choice. So because they create such a problem for human resource managers who sort of have to get people to follow policies when they clash with like the company code, um, you know, problems come up. And so even though there are people, you know, who will consider like an extreme shortcut as okay, but maybe braids or cornrows or dreads as not or you know small curls or anything um to find a way to pick that apart is problematic and so Uh um i think when we start thinking about how our hair is a form of expression and we think about adopting new hairstyles it's supposed to be something that's fun and you know again we've talked on the show and in the blog about making sure that the way that you show up to work is a true expression of you because that's how you feel comfortable in a setting where there probably are plenty of people who don't look like you. And so being able to sort of recognize that I just think is important. And so obviously like, you know, make sure that you do your due diligence to see if your company has policies against, um, against um, hairstyles, like, you know, with certain colors or certain cuts or whatever, but when it's really vague, it's okay to like bring that up if you want to, even though I do feel like we shouldn't have to, but that's, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but you know, if you feel like your hair is not in violation of any company policy, and particularly if you feel like you're being discriminated against, you definitely need to talk with someone um, through HR, bring it up, don't don't let it sort of just settle in to the point where maybe it boils over for you emotionally because workplace discrimination is a real thing and similar to uh-huh. like what I brought up, sexual harassment, all those things, those are very real. And so this is as well. And so just making sure that you don't tolerate um, a part of your identity being blocked out of your workplace because it doesn't allow for you to be as productive as you could be. So just to get into a little bit of discussion about this for a little bit, Dr. Bell, tell me your thoughts about this article by Adele Bernie, which I think she did a great job of sort of helping people understand what discrimination in the workplace even looks like, but then letting you know that there's a line to everything and and that line sometimes has to be drawn. So what are your thoughts, any suggestions, tips based on the article? I I can appreciate just her kind of relaying in it the information in a way that um, aligns with, I guess, the language or the verbiage that you might see, you know, in your company policies or um, in your human resource handbook or your employee handbook um, to, to, you know, give her readers uh, an idea of, you know, this is what, you know, you may experience, but this is how it's, it might be worded. Mm-hmm. So just being consistent in the language she even used in the article i appreciate that um it saddens me uh that we would even have to you know she would even have to write an article you know like this and kind of explain um 
you know, how discrimination looks, it, you know, regarding something so simple as a hairstyle. Like, you wouldn't think that, you know, we would have to talk about, like, how to go to your human resource manager or, you know, what hairstyle harassment looks like or how it's showed up and how it's shown in the news or um, what your company, what to look for in your company policy as it relates to um, grooming and appearance and hairstyles. Um, and like you said, it's kind of specifically targeted towards African-Americans or people of color or people of, um, you know, of, of ethnic people who may want to wear their hair in a different way. Um, so my first thought on that is, again, I appreciate, you know, her bringing this to light. Um, it's something that we all know, mm-hmm. but for her to be able to put it and use that verbiage and, you know, um, show it in that light, I appreciate. Um, tips or suggestions, I also um, would say, too, if you feel uncomfortable, you feel like you're being discriminated against, if company policy is not in alignment with um, conversation that's going on in the office or you being treated um, in a way that you deem unfair, macroaggressions or microaggressions concerning your hairstyle or your appearance or grooming or anything like that, definitely going to human resources. Um, my dad is a human resource guru, in my opinion. He really mm-hmm. is. So, like, I will always ask him, like, Daddy, like, don't they have laws? Like, what's the law concerning this? Or what's the law? He teaches human resource law, too. What's the law concerning this? So, I will go to human resources because I know I'm going to, you know, get the information that I need or have the backing that I need, not necessarily from him, but, you know, I can, I'll know how to approach and bring it to mm-hmm. whatever human resource um, manager that I need to in my place of employment. Um, but, you know, being on the lookout and, and like she said, combing through company policy and seeing, um, you know, what's what's in black and white, what's written, what is expected. Um, and if you have a problem with that, you know, doing some introspection and saying, you know, is this job worth it? Or, you know, how do I feel about this? Is this something that I can challenge? Is this something that I'm comfortable with? Do I still feel like I can heed to these rules or heed to these policies and still feel like I'm bringing my best self, you know, to the table? I think if you have to do introspection and you have to confront some things concerning, you know, what, you know, what you identify um, with as far as what you're comfortable with, with your hairstyle, I think that, you know, that's something that might have to happen. So, like... If somebody tells me I had to perm my hair, I'm not working for, for that company. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. I can't mm-hmm. do it. Like Dr. Blue, I've been natural for since 2011. I'm not perming my hair. Like for plenty of reasons. One reason is health. Mm-hmm. So if you're asking me to jeopardize my health um, because you're uncomfortable, you know, with the natural state of my hair as an African American woman, then I. Either I'm going to push back or I can't work for you. It's just very simple. So, um, you know, sometimes it may come to a crossroads where you really have to decide, you know, what's best for you. Right. So. Right. I, I totally agree. I think just being able to understand that you have to know what your expectations are of a workplace as you go into them so that, you know, you don't feel caught off guard when a policy pops up that you are like, wait, what? You know, and, and kind of knowing what you would what you would want to do in that situation um, is important. and But also know what your rights are. And I think that's probably right. what's most critical is like 
being able to make sure that um, you don't end up, you know, being pushed out of a job or feeling like you can't stay at a place because of discrimination around your hair or anything else, your appearance in any way, um, you definitely need to talk with someone about it. So I, I definitely agree. Um, Dr. Bell, you kind of alluded to maybe having things, experiences, negative workplace experiences involving like your hair, have you? Or, and if you did, how did you handle it? Or have you always found a way to maybe avoid having to have those negative experiences because of people, they just know don't, don't mess with you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it would be, like the, I've, I've absolutely had negative experiences, absolutely, probably on every job that I've worked at, worked on. Um, I, I think that it happens more so on a microaggression level. Yeah. So just like little quips and things from coworkers, like you're saying, like you know, when you get your hair straightened. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like your hair straight. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what you like, like. <laughs> I, and I, I like my hair straight too but I also like twist outs and braid outs and braids and whatever else so I when people say that I say well you know I like it natural I just did this so I could get my ends trimmed mm-hmm. you know or just like and that's come from majority come from non people of color yeah. I like your hair like that you should always wear your hair like that because it ascribes or it subscribes to um, you know Eurocentric mm-hmm. standards of beauty. Um, so, you know, of course, people are going to tell you that they like your hair straight. You look so nice and you just look, you know, so professional. Like, of course. Yeah. Um, I've had men say stuff to me about my natural hair in the workplace. Um, I had to tell one of my coworkers, he said something. I don't even know how my, I switched up my hairstyle. He was like, you know, I like your hair the other way. I said, well, I said, if you were my husband, I might care what you think. But even then, probably not. So I don't care. I literally told him that he just, he laughed because I, he probably didn't expect me to say, to say that. that. Yeah. Um, but my husband wouldn't even tell me anything like that. So why do you think that you can comment on my hair? Yeah. You don't even have, he's bald. You don't even have hair. Like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, I got some, um, we went to. Um, when we were going to D.C. for the NBCC symposium, I got those braids and they were ombre braids. So it was the first time I ever got like ombre color, you mm-hmm. know, in my my braiding hair. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of my coworkers was like, oh, you switched your hair up. And she's like, she's Latina. And she said, um, she said, yeah, I remember I used to work with um, one of my you know, one of my coworkers, she, like her hair used to just be different. You know, like every week, just every week, she'd have a different hairstyle, different color. And my principal, who sometimes wears braids mm-hmm. or twists or whatever, she said, "Oh, she's a black woman, huh?" And she was like, "Yeah." And she was like, "That's what we do." Like, and that was kind of it. So you know, having that support from you know, you know, my boss, my principal, the building principal. Um, is always neat, you know, because she under, she's natural too, so she understands the struggle. Sometimes you just don't feel like combing your hair in the morning. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you're doing a protective style to retain length or whatever whatever the reason is. Um, it's helpful to have people, you know, um, you know, your superiors who, who understand. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have ones who don't. I mean, I like you, I worked in an environment where not a lot of people of color so you know comments I used to be like kind of afraid to switch my hair up sometimes mm-hmm, you know what I mean mm-hmm. like 
kind of that anxiety of yeah now i have to face this right all these questions i mean and it's and it doesn't even matter if it's to even match a more what they would consider traditional hairstyle right so like me getting my hair straightened is the same thing like i'm like man here we go i already know what this you know (laughs) right my hair is gonna be the topic of conversation exactly or getting a weave you know yeah clearly this is not my hair so like why are you even asking me this or I've had, I've had, I've had um, a white coworker ask me, "Is that all your hair?" And I, I was just like, "It was all my hair, actually." Um, mm-hmm. my, you know, when I get my hair straight, it's pretty long. I was like, "Uh, yeah. Why? Why would you think it wasn't?" Right. And she just looked like a gas. Like she didn't think I was gonna ask, you know, respond back, but. Can can black women not have long hair? Or <laughs> I don't understand why. And if it wasn't, I bought it. Like yeah, even if it wasn't, it's still your head. hair. Yeah. Like I just don't understand. You know, those microaggressions of people just don't comment. If you don't know the right thing to say, like if you haven't done your research or you haven't educated yourself on like hairstyles and black and women, texture, there's, there's information yeah. out there. Yeah. Like educate yourself. And like, don't put your foot in your mouth because ignorance, you know, is is not an exception, you know, or it's not a reason for you to ask just whatever you want to ask because you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, tread lightly, but yeah, to sum it all up, absolutely, I have so <laughs> many stories of, uh, you know, I like to switch my hair up. I'm, you know, I'll come back with braids, and and I know, like, I had, I, it's like the place I work, you know, my place of employment now is fine, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. people still say stuff, but you know, it's not, it's 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 not, you know, what it could be. Mm-hmm. I would say, but even then, like, I can have, you know, my the girl who braids my hair lives right down the street from me, so like, I could easily get an appointment on a Wednesday. But do I want to come to work just in the middle of the week with braids and I'm been wearing a twist out? Mm-hmm. So, or even when I took down, I, I had a protective style a couple weeks ago, and I took it down, and I was just like, oh, let me make sure I take it out over the weekend. So I can come back for the week with a new hairstyle and not like disrupt the work week. Mm-hmm. But it's sad that you have to. That you have to think, think about, about that. Yeah, like you shouldn't that. be thinking about that. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And I mean, it ends up being more stress than you know you just being excited about your new look. Or whatever. And it's unnecessary stress. Like yeah. Yeah. it's just unnecessary. Like one of my coworkers, she literally like dyes her hair because you know and, and where I work you know we can we can have hair colors mm-hmm. um so I mean her hair has been like teal it's been green mm-hmm. it's been purple it's been pink and it's not it's not a deal like I'm just like oh you know she dyes her hair yeah um but I know one of my other co-workers who is um a black woman who is natural she has like a really like cropped cut mm-hmm. um and her hair she came back and it was it was like reddish like burgundy-ish mm-hmm. and like people were like oh you dyed your hair burgundy like kind of like side-eyed and I'm just like y'all don't ever say anything when this lady comes in with green hair <laughs> but like because mm-hmm. this is a black woman and like her hair is the topic of conversation yeah. you know it's, it's kind of a oh you know just kind of like oh side-eyed right so it becomes yeah. like even 
bigger of a deal so right yeah exactly. I, I agree um so i mean i hope that like as we think about this topic more um and the discussion won't end here i think we're gonna have much more to say about this in the future too but i think we've given y'all the majority of suggestions and tips that was gonna be my next question for dr bell but she gave some great insight i think with her examples too of just knowing that this is more so about utilizing your hair in the way that you want to to express yourself there is no um negativity or there shouldn't be any negativity around you having the ability to do that um i know growing up for me i was taught like your hair is your crown and glory so like you know it's a big deal for a woman of color and i particularly just because of how i identify as a black woman hair is a big deal and um being able to make sure that you are doing what's necessary to take care of your hair wear it how you want to use it as as an accessory if that's what you want to do but being able to not never feel ashamed or um disappointed i guess in other people but disappointed in yourself about how you're wearing your hair you should just never feel like that and so being able to just be proud express yourself be happy about it um i hope all that my ebony's are listening whether you're natural uh relaxed short long color not color whatever um that you are proud of your crown and glory and that you definitely um know that your workplace is a place where you should also get to express that there shouldn't be sort of weird boundaries around that so express yourself love on your hair and i guess we'll take a little break right here before we hop back with our signature segments everybody we are back with our signature segments um i'm excited about both of these today both our culture corner and our ebony's in the spotlight um but first to kick off culture corner i know that we are approaching election season this is a really 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 big election Uh time um and it's really important to maybe keep conversations around like civic engagement going um but also even if you didn't want to they're everywhere you can't escape them (laughs) um and that's probably because this is a big election year so make sure that you know you're registered to vote and that you actually go out and vote if you are going to be out of town do early voting make plans make it a priority please yes 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 um, please i just registered uh to vote in the state of texas because i've been you know i've been going to louisiana because i will not Misvoting, I will not. Um, so I should be driving four hours to do it. Yeah. Um, but I can't do that anymore. No. So I just registered to vote in the state of Texas um, for the November elections, and it was pretty easy. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, you know, what state, what your state policy is. I just had to go on the Secretary of State's um, website and print out an application, and then send it through snail mail. But it was fine um, because it is so important. Um, so yes, please, please register to vote. Please, yes. please, please, please. Absolutely. So I thought it would be appropriate since we're talking about voting, 
Um, and I mean, truly, the last time I was excited about voting, even though I kept, right. I kept voting after, but I'm just saying, right. um, involved very special person who I think we've referenced on the show before him and his wife um but our former president president Obama um and so obviously y'all know he's out of office which still feels a little surreal but um he and um our former first lady have continued their efforts to create change in um the nation but more specifically in their community that they hold very very dear um to them which is um, Chicago. So um, recently an article came out actually this month um, within the journal Blacks in Higher Ed talking about the first cohort of the Obama Foundation scholars um, and their trip to the University of Chicago to talk through sort of their experiences, but really to have some deep conversations around public policies. And so what I think is so cool about this program, um, and I, I think this year's cohort application pool is already closed but if it's not and you're interested and you're listening to this and you're like what is that go check it out um i think it's worth a look for anybody who has any interest in civic engagement or policy um even within your specific fields of study so things like higher ed um counselor ed any of those things so shameless plug on behalf of my former president um so the, the Obama Foundation and University of Chicago partnered um, to bring the inaugural class of the Obama Foundation scholars to the university um, to talk about public policy. These are like emerging leaders from all over the world. So not just here in the U.S., but Asia, Africa, Latin America, South Asia, Middle East, Europe, everywhere um, to really talk about global issues and think about things like climate change and government policies, um, education, transparency within the government, all of these sort of hot topics that, you know, we all sort of somehow flush out through like social media. We express our frustrations about it, but we never really get to the core of like, let's have discussions about changing. So I think in addition to um, the class being at the University of Chicago, the foundation also has this separate group of future global leaders that are at Columbia in New York. And so those two groups come together for like an orientation that's hosted by the foundation. And of course, the president pops up um, and has like all these workshops and just meeting with Chicago community leaders um, to really help affect that specific community, which we know often goes through some really intense times around violence, um, political upset. And so, you know, the Obamas aren't just, you know, talking the talk, they're walking the walk. And so being able to realize that um, they are doing that on our behalf is pretty amazing. I also want to interject and say because I did look in my emails while you were speaking um, because uh, like you I get um, emails from the Obama Foundation about you know fellowship cohorts and um, the last day to apply is September 18th. Oh it's coming um, up that's good. Yes for the 2009 <laughs> cohort so if you're out there making you know changes and um you're being a change agent in your community i'm sure that the obamas want you shameless plug so go ahead and apply for the 2019 cohort yes so definitely consider that um while these students are in new york they're going to work also with columbia world project which is a new initiative where columbia university's faculty and staff and student researchers work with organizations to actually solve real world problems because i think what often happens is um you know we can get really caught up in 
um, idealizing what change looks like, maybe based on our own circumstances, but what are we actually doing to affect communities that need the most support? And so um, those Chicago students will get to participate in a one-year master's degree program, which I think is pretty awesome. That's awesome. Um, in international development and policy at the school, um, the Harris School of Public Policy at the University of Chicago. So just really a, giving them, you know, an opportunity to develop themselves as leaders, to engage civically through workshops, um, but also by just having conversations with one another and networking um, to develop themselves and their professional skills. So um, like Dr. Bell mentioned, the 2019 cohort application pool is still open for another eight days, seven days, um, which when y'all hear this, it'll be closed. Uh, now that I just thought about that. Uh, yeah, you're right. Oops. Um, Hopefully you guys already applied. Yeah, because when you hear this, that'll be over. So clearly y'all now can do the math and see what day we recorded this. Uh, but anyway, so... <laughs> Being able to realize that, you know, you want to be involved in some way, no matter what, whether it's through something like the Obama Foundation or not, is very important. So do what you can to get out there, get active, um, make sure you vote, but also engage in these conversations around politics and policy so that we can create a better environment, better workplace settings, better communities, better housing um, for all of us um, and for the future coming behind us. So that is this week's culture corner um yay so then last up our favorite part of every single episode is our ebony's in the spotlight um and i'm super excited about this particular person because um she has been appointed as brown university's first associate director of athletics for diversity and inclusion initiatives so y'all know that you know because i work in athletics i like to shout out when women particularly women of color get new roles but the fact that brown university which is ivy leaf school um has even created a position of an associate director of athletics for diversity and inclusion initiatives is a huge deal um and then to choose a woman to be at the helm is is just exciting for me so prior to her appointment um at brown she was a director of diversity inclusion and engagement at the university of wisconsin madison um in their division of intercollegiate athletics and so um she's a hbcu grad from howard university uh, where she earned her degree in public relations and sports management and she has a jd from the thurgood marshall school of law so which is in houston that is texas southern university's School of Law, so shout out to Houston. Shout out to Houston. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Jennifer Hunter, we are so, so proud of you um, and hope that you have nothing but great success, but also know that you're going to go in and be a change maker um, at one of our nation's, you know, founding universities and yeah. being able to sort of implement change in a way that maybe. Um, they are obviously looking for because of creating and having such a position like that. But being able to choose um, someone with your expertise, I think um, we know that they are in good hands and we celebrate you today and always. So Jennifer Hunter, um, this week's Ebony's in the Spotlight. Congratulations. So... This is going to be weird, but I'm going to do it. No, it's not. It's not going to be weird. Um, I have to shout myself out because I'm pretty excited about um, an honor that I received from my illustrious alma mater. um, That like what last podcast episode I was 
had a little issue with them because of with our uh, team. Um, and then like a week later, this happened. So I'm excited again. But <laughs> um, so I'm super, super excited that I'm going to get to return to my old stomping ground in Tallahassee, Florida at the Florida State University um, to get to receive the Notable Nose Award. And I'm super excited for a couple different reasons, because I was nominated by my dear friend, Dr. Bell and my sweet, sweet mama um, for this award. And it basically is something that tons of alums from around the world so florida state i think right now has over like three hundred and fifty thousand alums nationwide or something like that and um just to be able to get to be in the rankings of many of the folks who have done such phenomenal things since graduating from the university to be chosen of a very small group usually they choose six or less people um i don't even think we know how many they have this year um but just to know within that small number, and I know they always have hundreds of applications because, I mean, our school's pretty great. Like, they produce great people. But being able to realize um, that I get to be one of those people is is pretty exciting. So um, I'm excited to get to go in November to receive the award, but to also just um, represent for women, women of color, women of color and mental health. Um, I haven't seen a lot of the winners in the past few years that they've done this award be folks who are in that field. So I'm also really excited about that and just to, um, you know, recognize that like, while I felt like um, Florida State gave me a lot and has definitely helped in my foundation of getting to be where I am today, it's super cool to just get something back from them to sort of acknowledge and recognize just based on the kind words of my friend and my mom uh, to think that I was deserving of it. So I'm going to shout out myself as an Ebony's in the yes. spotlight. I don't like being in the spotlight, but I'm excited applause, about it. Applause, applause, Congratulations. <laughs> no, while you were giving your whole spiel about Florida State, I was like rolling my eyes because I love purple and love gold. But you absolutely this girl loves Florida State, y'all. Like, I really can't, you know. I'm I have a like, shrine in my house. She's seen it. I, in my house. I mean, I can understand because I love LSU as well. So, um, <laughs> you know, congrats to you, Doctor Pooh, because you definitely deserved it, and I know that you know they realize, you know, how much and your honor because we're supposed to give honor where it's due. So. I'm very happy um, that you get to go back to your your beloved school. Oh, <laughs> y'all know she was about to say she was about to say out. to your little school. Like <laughs> I just want y'all to know. I just want y'all to know that that she was about to say y'all. you get to go back to your little school. But, but you know what though, everybody, everybody, no, seriously, everybody that I know through you that went to school with you, like y'all are really cool people. Yeah, so, we're legit. Know, we're legit. I'm gonna give y'all that. Like y'all really are good people. So they done, they did something right. Yeah, they did. They did. They, they, did they definitely right. did something right. And then, I mean, I chose to go then to LSU after. So obviously, that you know, that's part of it. I'm an alum of LSU too. LSU didn't give me no award though, but you know, whatever. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> so for now they gave you the coin though this is true but they also gave me the coin because i got that foundation at florida state it's all cyclical oh my god it's cyclical it's cyclical anyways so, so um i'm super excited about it i'm definitely excited about jennifer hunter's appointment at brown and just yes. excited to um continue to acknowledge 
all of the women around the world who are doing yeah. great, great things for their communities and, and making their accomplishments bigger than them, um, yeah. and impacting more people than just the people that they interact with daily in their homes. So um, just super proud Absolutely. to be a part of that number, but to really get to honor other women doing that because there are plenty that don't ever get recognized. And so we want to always make sure that yeah. we are doing our part to um, give honor where it's due. So those are yeah. this week's Ebony's and the Spotlight. Yay. Ooh, ooh. So This might be my favorite just because, you know, you're. I know. Spotlight. It'll never, like, probably happen again. So. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. <laughs> so, but I'm, I think it's important excited. to, you know, pat our own selves on Very true. Very because true. we can't. You know, it might, like you said, it might not acknowledgement might not come from others. So I think it's always important to acknowledge ourselves um, and to apply ourselves and relish in our own accomplishments. So agree. We definitely all need to get into a habit and a practice of doing that. I know in my um, earlier parts of my career, which I still feel like I'm in, but the very, very early parts, it would make me mm-hmm. super uncomfortable to mm-hmm. be like acknowledged mm-hmm. even by other people, let alone for myself to shout out myself. Right. Um, that that just is something we're just not taught to do that in the same way that men are, and in Absolutely. the same way that non people of color are. And so, Absolutely. um, build a habit of doing that. You know, shout yourself out, give yourself that pat on the back. Um, do what you got to do to, you know, make sure that you get your just recognition. So, yes, um, I appreciate the Ebony's community for your support, and I'm excited to keep acknowledging those of you who are out there doing wonderful things as well. Well, Dr. Bell, this is it. It's that time. Like Michael Jackson, we at the end. So, <laughs> so. R.I.P. King. I know, I miss him so much. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> we're at the end of episode eight. We are, like, rolling, and it's crazy Aww. because we're now at the end of September. When this airs, it'll be the end of September. Um, we'll be heading into true fall. Um yeah and, and the know, holiday season yeah holiday season so. yeah so hopefully you all are continuing to just listen to episodes if you've missed some go back and catch up because we have more coming but at some point we're going to get to the season finale where we're going to take a little break and be able to make sure okay. we come back with fresh content for you guys so okay. make sure that if you haven't already you go catch up on episodes you share with people so that you can have discussions about these topics with other women who you work with who you go to school with your friends your family um so that we continue to grow our ebony's community and of course as always we thank you all so so much for tuning in obviously be on the lookout every single tuesday um, for our erti tuesdays for new content whether that's a blog podcast posts whatever from us um like follow and subscribe through social media and make sure you let us know what your accomplishments are um for yourself or your peers or your friends so that we can recognize and honor you right here um on the show but also through our social media platforms as well dr bell anything else before we go no just thank you guys for tuning in again um and just interacting and engagement with our community we really appreciate y'all we do so we will see you guys very very soon bye see ya bye